Blessings. This is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. This week's message, titled, Upheld by His Right Hand, by Pastor Walter Arias. Let's listen to the message, and may God bless you. There's a story that's very known, and has as a title, Footprints in the Sand. And I'll paraphrase it a little bit if you allow me. It speaks of a young person that died, a believer that died, a man. And when he went with the Lord to eternity, he's in eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And there he is in that in that opportunity of conversation with his king and his Lord, who he has confessed as when he was alive. He allows him a time to remember a time of history, if you will. And the Lord allows him to see a beach. And in that beach, he sees two sets of footprints that are advancing. And he can understand that those two sets of footprints symbolizes something very important that Christ ratifies. And he says, that's your path through life. Two sets of footprints. And he says, why two footprints? Two sets of footprints. And Jesus says, it's one set was yours and the other is mine. Wherever you walk, since you confessed me in your heart as Lord and Savior, there I was walking with you. And this observing those sets of footprints comes of time that he notices that it stops and and it comes calls to a sense engine. He says, my beloved Christ, I see that there there's a part that it stopped. And now that it comes to my memory, I understand that it was in the moments that was so difficult in my life. And I ask you, where were you in those times and those that were so difficult? And Jesus smiling. He embraces him with care and puts a hand on him. And he says, son, that part, that set of footprints that you see, only one set are my footprints. Because in the moment that was most difficult of your life, I was carrying you. And that's what I want, my beloved believer and friend that you're there, that you could understand that when we give our heart to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he is faithful in every moment of life. And the moments of joy, he's with us. In the success, the moments of triumph, but also in the moments of sadness as well. In the moments where we feel that we're failing there, the Lord is with us. And today, what I want to speak of and what I feel in my heart on behalf of God has an objective. First, a person that is connecting maybe for the first time today. Maybe you are watching for the first time. And perhaps today you're being called or you're going to be called to salvation. Someone referred you to this broadcast and you haven't had a personal experience with Christ and perhaps you were raised in a religion like I was raised in a religion in a tradition but without a relationship and today the Lord wants to enter into your heart and this word is a word of life for you this word is a word of hope so that you can understand another group of people are those that they already know Christ and they've recognized him as their Lord and Savior but perhaps today the circumstances the difficulties of life I don't know, whatever it may be that could happen that may help you or have you dwindling in faith. And you're there sad that everything is finished. And in the same way, the third group of people, perhaps is you, that type of believer that is living a victorious life that you say, no, I'm in the best part. I'm filled with faith. 
I understand everything. I'm satisfied. My relationship with God is great. So how good? This is for you as well. So that by the Bible, you could understand where that joy and that confidence comes from that you say to have there. There's a text that I want us to use as a foundation. And that text, I want you to study the whole chapter 41 of the book of Isaiah. And we'll get into the context. They're the people of God. God is speaking to them there in that chapter. God is saying to them that they compare and they ask the people, where are your gods? Where are your idols? Where are those figures that they were formed by man's hand that they sculptured? Where's the miracles of those figures? Nonetheless, I'm the living God. And that's where the Lord starts to say, who is a living God? A, a God that is with them, a God that accompanies them. This word that we're going to read in Isaiah chapter 41, it's a promise that God is saying to the people of Israel, so then this is for us, the church of the Lord, the promises of Abraham are for the spiritual children, those of us that have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, even though we're not from the Hebrew race. So this word is for everyone who has confessed or who wants to confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, a promise that is there in Isaiah chapter 41, 10, it says the following. The Lord is saying to them, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When we give our lives to God, and when we accept the way Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then these promises reach us, and they are for us, and we can apply them to our daily living. This is a word is for me. This word is for you in this moment. I want you that through it, you could be ministered by it. I want you to be edified by it. I want you by this word, you could be sustained and upheld and your faith grows. We need to appropriate that word. Let me tell you, my beloved friend and brother or sister, the Bible says that we that come draw near to God, it's necessary that we believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. We cannot come to God doubting. He says, if you come draw near me, then believe that I am God. If you draw near to me, then believe that I am and that I am going to give you rewards. It's to say gifts. I'm a rewarder. I'm the one that provides to the one who seeks me. That's a word to receive in the spirit. It's a word to conceive it and to make a decision. Do I appropriate it? Is it for me or is it not for me? The word of the Lord speaks of those things, of those people, more or less. It says, it says for the natural man, the things of God are craziness for the natural man. It's speaking of a man that does not know God that has not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior to say a person that is dead in their trespasses and sins, their faith hasn't grown, grown or developed. And it says that for those people, the word of God is craziness and they can't understand it because it can only be discerned spiritually. When we draw near to the word, when we come close to God, it's necessary that we believe that he is. We can't doubt. Because if we doubt, it's almost like if we don't have the faith and God, we could perceive in the midst of his promises. What does God say there to this people? What promises are there for them and for us as the church of the Lord? The first beloved listener is that Jesus upholds us 
and delivers us, delivers us from fear. The word today has as a title upheld by his right hand, upheld by his right hand, upheld by his hand. And what this text is saying there is the first thing is that he delivers us from fear. He says, fear not for I am with you. This word is for you. This word is a word of hope of life in this moment where perhaps you're going through a fear. There's four types of fears that are fundamental, basic. There's the fear of death, the fear of failure, the fear of losing security, and the fear of the future. Those are the basic of every human being. Those four types of fears. Fear of death. But God says, fear not, for I am with you. And that fear of death we have talked about it here various times. And as I recommend you that you look at a preaching that has a title, A Sure Date. And there it can explain a little bit more. But allow me to say something quickly and brief. Every human being wants to live more years. <clears throat> it's very difficult to find a person that want to shorten their life. Only maybe when they're in a depression or sadness that is very great. But the natural man wants to live more. Why? Because many times is that he has a fear to death, fear of the unknown. And God says, fear not, for I am with you. I am life, and I am in every moment of your existence. The Apostle Paul said in the Philippians, to his letter to the Philippians, chapter 1 and verse 21, some words that should become just natural to us, that should take us to to a height of knowledge and desire. He said these words, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. What words that are so beautiful, a word that is of a conviction of a man that if he lived, that if he was on this earth, he was going to be with Christ. For me, to live is Christ. His decision, his lifestyle, he wanted that with everything that he did would worship and would give glory to God. That was his lifestyle. That should be ours as well. The only thing in the Bible is to say words like, be imitators of me as I am an imitator of Christ. What a height of this man. And I like the height. It suits me. So like a point to reach to get to the image of the perfect man, which is Christ Jesus. He says, for me to live is Christ. But if I die, I'm going to gain. Why does he say if I'm going to die, I'm going to gain? Because he understood that his lifestyles and who he had confessed in life, Christ, was going to allow him to rest in eternity with him. How good it is that we could understand that we don't have to have fear of death. Because if we die then it's a gain for us. We will go with the Lord. The other is the people and the majority of times we have a fear of failure. It's normal. Failure can be maybe one of the things that hurt our hearts. Fear in a life, fear in a marriage. No one wants that. Fear in, uh, fear of failing in business. No one is looking to fail in finances. We fail in a lot of things. All of us that are here. You at home can make your own evaluation and you can see that you failed in certain things. And that's one of the fears that we have, a fear of failure. But Paul also said some words in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when we see the context of Paul speaking there, we see that he's speaking of a question of something financially. He's saying to this church, he says, I know how to live abundantly. I know how to have a lot. 
I've been prosperous. I've been comfortable, but I also have been in scarcity. And that's where he says, and I haven't had, I haven't had anything to even pay. And if he was, I had many times not, I didn't have anything to eat or certain things, but you know what? I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Why could he say these words? Because he was a person filled with God that was appropriating the promise of Isaiah where it says, fear not for I am with you. And also the fear of the future. We think of the future. Thinking of the future is is falling into anxiety. If we think too much of future, we could risk to go into an unnecessary anxiety. And we spoke about this topic here. We spoke of the need to live day by day, to live in the Lord every day as if it was your last day. And everything that comes will then be added on behalf of the Lord. But what's important is a personal relationship with him. So sometimes we have fear of the future. And Jesus said to his disciples when he commanded a wonderful task, which is the task that has you here listening to this word and that has me here occupying to preach it. It's called the Great Commission. And Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, 20, he said, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I will be with you. Don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid because I'm going to reach you. I'm going to be with you wherever you may be. I will be there. It's a word from God for you today. Today, God is with you. If you are giving your heart to the Lord, through Jesus Christ, then he says, fear not, for I am with you. But there's a fear that is very special, which is the fear of losing security, fearing or fear of losing security or the control, which all of us human beings, we look for to be controlling, controlling what? Controlling my time controlling my finances to have an independence and at times that independence comes which is part of a human growth what's dangerous is that we become independent from God so then we want to have control of life we want and we have fear of losing that security fear of losing that security there's there's an illustration that's very special which the story it speaks of a man that he would like to go to the uh, high mountaintops that are full with snow and hostile climates and those high mountains. That was his profession. He was a mountain climber. And one time he went in an expedition and he was advancing alone, alone. He left the group behind and he went advancing and night started to come and he didn't calculate well. And a storm, a great storm comes, some winds that just came. The snow was hitting him hard, and he knows that he has to descend. But he lost his visibility. He lost everything. The same atmosphere, the storm had him confused. So then he starts to come down and descend. But the coldness was too much. And the fear of losing his security embraced him even more. And this young person was a believer. Curiously, this person is coming down, descending, and comes to a point where he stops to rest and he says, Lord, I don't want to die. Lord, I need to finish descending. I have family. And he hears a voice that says, cut the rope. 
cut the rope. And he's like, no, Lord, no, please help me. I don't want to lose myself. I don't want to lose my life here. Please, Lord, I need to descend. And the Lord said, cut the rope, cut the rope. And he was dealing with that word that God was telling him because he wanted to have the control of the way to descend. And God was saying, cut the rope. And to make a long story short, the following day, the rescuers came and they found a man frozen, grabbing to the rope with less than a meter from the landing. What happened? He didn't want to let go of his fear. He thought that his way was better than when God said, cut the cord, let go of the security that I will give you mine in this time of pandemic, in this time of crisis and world anxiety, in this crisis where everything has stopped. If something that God has done is that is made to lose the control to a human being, and I applaud that with all my heart, he has made the humanity lose their control because humanity, we become arrogant and we think that we could control everything and that we're self-sufficient. And what does God do? He allows a circumstance. He allows something and he stops things in a way where he stops the economy, where he stops countries, where he stops the mighty, where he stops the simple everyone. And I ask you this, where are you today? Look there, taking it easy in your home. And God continue providing a roof. A signal of internet and God continue providing life. You have been easy, but you and I, we don't have the control. Perhaps I say for the majority of the people, because some are a little bit, they think that they're self-sufficient. But you and I, we understand in what we're speaking. We think that if we don't work for so much time that we wouldn't be able to sustain ourselves. We think that if we don't do more things, we couldn't be full. But now God takes all of that away and we realize that we're still alive because God said, I will be with you. Fear not, my beloved brother or sister. We need to understand what the word of God says in Isaiah. He's saying to a people, fear not, for I am with you. The second point that I want us to see today, my beloved friend, is that Jesus is the one that gives us strength. He's the one that provides strength. It says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. He says, God, to those people, to that to that people, and listen well, so you can understand. When God makes that promise to the people of Israel, it was because the nation of Israel, they had difficult situations. As to walk in life is not easy. The people think that, If we get in with God and that we call him to our hearts and we ask for forgiveness and we accept Jesus as Christ, they think that nothing will be difficult for us. Let me say, that's a different gospel than which the Bible teaches. Jesus himself said, who follows me, I will give you a guarantee because the birds have a nest, but the son of man doesn't have a place to rest his head. He says, he doesn't even have a pillow. So do you want to follow me? The guarantee is that I will be with you. But do you want to get in with me? So we choose a gospel where it's strange, a gospel that if I get in with the Lord, nothing will happen to me. What? That if I get in with the Lord, I'm not going to have scarcity one day. What? That if I get in with the Lord, difficult or adverse situations are not going to come to me. What? 
Let me tell you, that's a lie. We're on this earth. And while we're on this earth, we will be subject to everything. But the most important thing is, is that we're subject to he that subjects us and says, fear not, for I am with you. I'm the one that gives you strength. That's the second point that I want us to see. Paul said those words. Paul spoke that he is the one that gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. We read it. But there's a text in Isaiah for them in chapter 40, verses 28 to 31, that says the following. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. Then read 31 with me, please. And I hope you that you read it well. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait on the Lord. That's what God is saying to them. That's chapter 40 of Isaiah in 41, he's saying, I am your God. I am with you. And fear not, because I am with your God who strengthens you. You and I, we need to get this into our hearts. How not to make this ours, which is a word of life. How are you not going to take that right that God gives you to go into what he says that he's going to do with you? If you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, if you surrendered your life to him, <clears throat> God doesn't promise Promises that there won't be difficulties. God's not saying that there won't be problems, that there won't be a chaos. And you're saying, be not dismayed, for I am with you. The Lord says, be not dismayed. And I want to get into this portion that he always helps us. He will always help us. The third point, my beloved listener, is that God will always help us. He says it. How? In everything. If he says he's going to help us, he's going to help us. The problem is his. I have a prayer with my Lord that is very simple. I say, Lord, my responsibility, you dictated in the Bible, that I please you with my lifestyle, that I do what's good before you, that I honor life, that I honor you, that I honor the word, that I honor my loved ones, that I be a blessing to everyone that I see during the day. That I do it because that's within my reach. But Lord, the other part of blessing me, of prospering me, of protecting me, of keeping me is yours, Lord, because I have no control over that. My beloved brother and sister, I hope you to pray. I hope you pray in that way and that you be conscious and you say to the Lord, Lord, I have a responsibility of doing what's good before you. And I'm going to commit myself to that. Not to gain my salvation. The salvation is a gift from God. But yes, to honor he who saves me by grace with my lifestyle. And he says, I will always help you. Where are you? And wherever you are, today I say to you, God wants to help you. God says, I will always help you in your calamity, in your difficulty, in your sadness. I will help you. The Lord says, to you in this day. And perhaps you haven't understood. And what has been happening until today is a help that you needed. What happens is that sometimes we don't understand it. Perhaps maybe one was going to lose their marriage, lose their children, and he has to allow a situation so that your eyes, it could be adverse, but to him, 
is the solution. A woman said to me yesterday, a person that we know from a long time, and she said, I said, what gain have you have you gotten from this time of pandemic and quarantine? And she says, a lot. And she says, uh, tell me a little bit. I said, tell me a little bit. And she says, God, allow me to rescue my son. Is is my relationship with my son was bad because it was a young, but with this situation, I haven't been able to work because I had three jobs, three jobs. And my relationship with my son was null and void. Listen, my beloved brother or sister was null. And, but now that those jobs were taken away, I have been able to discover my son and re-encounter my son. And he has found me. What a blessing to understand that God helps us in ways that maybe we don't understand. Because, because we're so controlling, we think of this way. But he says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Because I am your God, because I strengthen you. And he says, I will always help you receive these words on behalf of God. I will always help you. You can say to the Lord, Lord, help me in my cause. Lord, help me. Even though I don't understand the things, help me in the day of difficulty. Help me. That's a prayer that we can lift up. As I said in the beginning, those of us that draw near to the God, it's necessary that we believe that he is real and that he gives gifts to those of us who seek him. Don't dwindle in that faith. Increase your faith in the day of need. And the Lord says that he will always help you. And I want to finish with this last point, the fourth point, beloved listener, is that Jesus is the solution of God. The fourth is that only God, only God, solves and has the solution for incompetence. Only God solves Incompetence. We human beings are very competent, even though we think and even though we could construct this and we could do this and we have technology at the end, we're beings that are incompetent, incompetent of what? Incompetent of the glory of God. We're beings that are super limited in our spiritual part. There's nothing that we could do. Listen, well, to reach heaven. There's nothing that we could do to gain it. There's nothing. There's no religion. There's no money. There's no gift. There's nothing to pay. There's nothing that will reach. How incompetent it is of the human being. If something that the ancient people looked for always was to try to reach the highest and greatest things. Look, in Adam and Eve, you said, you see that they wanted something more that was not permitted. It's like if they wasn't enough with what God had supplied in the Garden of Eden. But then we have a generation there where in Babylonia, and I believe that you've heard this story, the, <clears throat> the confusing of tongues or languages. They were building a great tower because they wanted to reach heaven. And then what Satan himself is judges that Satan wanted to be higher. He wanted to be higher than the highest to go above him. And there it says that he was brought down. And those in Babylonia, they confused the languages. And then they started to speak different languages. Why do we speak this? We speak this because, because the Lord shows us in his word 
that we're incompetent beings of reaching him, but there's something. And look at what Isaiah 64, 6 says, but it's the best thing. The best thing that we have, look at what God says there, but we are all like an unclean thing. Listen well, all of us are like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Look at what is here this text is saying. That the best part of you, that the best of you, the best of me before God becomes a right, a, a filthy rag. What's a filthy rag? Filthy rag is that rag that you take, that you leave, clean the floor, and you then clean your motor of the car, and you clean a, a pot full of grease, and, and then... You use to clean your shoes. You call that a filthy rag. Look at what the Lord is saying then. That your righteousness, the best of you and the best of me as human beings, the greatest strength to be good finishes ending up being a filthy rag before God. So we need to understand this point that only God solves incompetence. We're incompetent to save, we're not unable to save ourselves. Our works will never be sufficient. Our religion will never be sufficient. Our finances to pay for heaven will never be sufficient. We'll never reach. But yes, the way of God. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 says, Scripture says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Listen to what he is saying. That one who did not know sin is Jesus Christ. That one that did not know sin was given for you and for me. For what? So that it is the righteousness of God. Jesus is the righteousness of God. This topic today has a title upheld by his right hand. Jesus is that right hand of God, the righteousness of God. And that is the solution to all the problems. Perhaps you can understand where it functions or where the things are functioning for you good in life. And you say, it's because I have God in my heart and I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. This peace that I have, I now understand where it comes from. It comes from the position that I have before God. But on the contrary, if you're a person that is saying there, Pastor, I don't experience that. I'm not experiencing peace. I'm not experiencing that accompaniment. I'm not, I don't feel that. I would say to you, evaluate your heart if you've accepted Jesus or not, or evaluate if you've dwindled in your faith. And today I say to you, Christ is the righteousness of God for your life. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Once again, and you are complete in him, in Jesus Christ, who is the head of all principality and power. In Christ Jesus, we're complete. Jesus is the solution of God. Jesus is the way of God. Jesus is the right hand of God. Jesus is his solution. Come to Jesus and affirm yourself with Jesus. Don't abandon Jesus. Some start in the faith and end up in the works. Some start believing in grace and then finish doing a bunch of sacrifices or human rituals to gain their salvation. And that's not what God wants. And I want to conclude with this. You have heard the word amoxicillin, penicillin, 
teramycin. And these are medicines that have excellent effects for the infections. All those finishes in in mycin, those that they give for a specific infection. But have you heard of Christ mycin? <laughs> Because today I speak to you of Christ mycin. It's the medicine of Christ. It's the provision of Christ. The solution of God. It's for evil. Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says the following. It's a text that it's a text. It's the basis of God of Covenants Christian Center, in which God called me to salvation to me many years ago. And the word says, Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Listen, come to me, those who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And he says, and you will find rest, rest. For the tribulation is the same thing of Isaiah 41. Fear not, for I am your Lord that strengthens you. Be not dismayed. I will always help you. I will always uphold you with my right hand. God says, I will always uphold you in Christ with the, my righteous right hand. I will, he will always uphold you, but in Christ Jesus, that text speaks of two things. That text speaks of how we come because Jesus has come to me. He says, come, come. So I come and I start to recognize him and acknowledge him as the Christ that saves. But then he says, take my yoke upon you and to get stick to me it's to be tied to him and that's the part that someone evade or have evaded and you could ask me pastor why is there a christian that the life works well but another one doesn't work so well because i see christians that they're 20 years as a christian 30 years and they live like always condemned and always they they don't even look christian And there's others that have a, a small amount of time or a long time, but they're revived and filled with promises. What's the difference? It's the second part. Both come to Jesus. As he says, come to me, those who labor and are heavy laden. Both come to him, both ask him, both cry out, both say I have problems. Both say I'm tired. Both say I want to die in this moment. I don't know when you come to Christ, how you get there. The difference is in the second part. If whether you pull on that yoke, his yoke upon you, what ties you, did you tie yourself to Christ? And I'm going to explain it in a simple way. <clears throat> you can have a motorcycle. Listen well, a motorcycle with a thousand cubic, a thousand horsepower, and you're ready to ride that motorcycle. And you have it there in your garage of your home. And you get on it. You get on the motorcycle and you know there there's that there's a horsepower, a lot of horsepower. There's a, they are ready. You come down from it and you go, what a beautiful motorcycle. Truly, it's that motorcycle is very beautiful. Beautiful. 
And you get back on it and you say, what a beautiful motorcycle. And you come off. Beautiful. What's the difference when you start it and you become one with the motorcycle and you peel out and you and you accelerate? What a difference there when you get tied to that motorcycle and you become one with it. Then you can develop those horsepower. You could have that horsepower. That's the difference between one believer and another's. There's some that come close and they say, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. Jesus is with me. That's one. But the other is that you get on with Jesus and you get in with Jesus and you give him all your life. When you give everything, you will experience that velocity in the Lord, the power in the Lord, and that accompaniment with the Lord. It's when you become one with Jesus Christ. Not only in the problem. No, I commit myself to be humble of heart as he is humble. Allow me for this prayer. If you today are understanding this and you say, I have lived without Christ. I have lived by my own strength. Today I understand that I'm a sinner. I have tried to gain heaven and I now realize that I can't. It's only the right hand of God, which is Christ Jesus, that can save me. I invite you to pray. There where you are. There where you are. Close your eyes and repeat with me, Lord Jesus. In this day, I recognize that I have been a sinner. Today, I understand that I have wanted to gain heaven by by my own way, by my strength and my control. But I have been mistaken. Today, I understand that I have lived in sin and I ask you for forgiveness. Today, I come to you as you invite me. I am tired of my life. I'm tired of having the control when I really don't. I'm tired and I ask you for forgiveness and to help me. Write my name in the book of life and of the Lamb. Allow me to pray for you. Good God, for that person that made this prayer for the first time, Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit, God. Embrace them there. Pamper them. Clean him 100% and equip them to be your instrument, Lord, and that he becomes one with you from now on and that he doesn't come off your presence, that he doesn't come out from there, that he operates in all your power, Lord. And Father, I pray for those that have lowered their hands because of the tribulation, the anguish, the problem, the pandemic, the scarcity that makes them be dismayed. Lord, I ask that your word, you do what your word says and you say, fear not, for I am with you. Thank you, God, because you say to them today, I am with you, my son, my daughter. I am with you in the scarcity in this moment. I am your provider. I am the one that upholds you with the righteous right hand of mine. Revive that heart there that feels attributed, that feels persecuted, the one that feels unmotivated. Lift him up once again, my beloved King. By mercy, Lord, for love of your name, we ask it. Lord, we worship you and we give you thanks. Father, because you are with us. Lord, we don't fear because we know that even scripture says it, that neither gates of hell will prevail against your church and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We know that you are our God, our standard, the God of impossibles, the one that we exalt and who we worship. 
good God. Nothing we lack because we have you. And in this moment, Lord, we renounce every fear in the name of Jesus. We renounce the weakness in the name of Jesus. Today we retake what your word tells us, that you are with us, that you are the one that strengthens us, that you are the rewarder, that he who comes to you, you don't cast him aside, Lord, that you give life and life in abundance. And today we retake the commitment of living to live lives that please you, lives that exalt you, lives that do well to this land, Lord. We give you thanks for the salvation that is so beautiful, the God of the impossible, how you have changed us, how you have transformed us, how you took us out of sin, and you have made us new creatures in Christ Jesus. Your word well says, the vile and the is what I chose to shame the wise. Thank you for saving. Thank you for equipping. Thank you for bringing hope in the midst of all tribulation. Thank you for your presence. Fill the heart of your presence. Fill the heart of the listeners, God, in this moment of your grace continues with them. Your grace continues, strengthens them. Your conviction of life be everyone's again in the heart. I bless this people, Lord, that people, wherever they are, that person, wherever they may be, that person that connected for the first time, and we declare in the name of Jesus, this word will not return void, that they will transform them, that it will help them, that it will equip them and will uphold them and will bring them life in this moment. We bless the church wherever it may be in the name of Jesus. And the whole church of the Lord says, amen and amen. May God bless you and give a great applause to God there where you are. May God bless you all greatly. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. We hope this message has edified you. And please share with others. Have a wonderful day.